I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so the last two podcasts, I've started talking. Oh, excuse me. I start with a sneeze. Um, I have been talking all about uh, Ragnica. So I uh, got up to F. I'm still on F. So we will continue with Flicker Form. So Flicker Form is an enchantment, an aura that costs one and a white. So two mana, one of which is white. Uh, you enchant creature. And then if you spend two white, white, so four mana total, two of which is white, um, you remove the um, enchanted creature plus any aura on it, uh, and then it gets returned at end of turn, what we call flickering. Um, flickering was, I, if you guys remember my Earth's Destiny podcast, I, there was a card called Flicker, and we've made a lot of cards that do that ability. Sometimes they go away and come back instantly. Sometimes they go away and come back at end of turn. Um, this one is designed for end of turn. Um, it does allow you to do shenanigans like I can enchant my opponent's creature and then spend mana every turn to remove it as a blocker. Or I could put it on my own creature that has, you know, some enter the battlefield effect so I can retrigger it. Or I could just put it on a good creature and then if they try to destroy it, I could pay mana to save it. There's a bunch of different ways to use this. Um, the one thing that's unique about this is not only does it save itself, but it saves any auras that are on the creature. Um, and so it is definitely... It was designed to be pro-aura. Normally, flickers is bad for auras because it goes away, and then the aura falls off and goes to the graveyard, and then when it comes back, it's now aura-less. But this allows you to um, save the auras. Next, Flight of Fancy. Three and a blue, so four mana total, one of which is blue, another aura. Uh, When it enters the battlefield, you draw two cards, and Enchanted Creature has flying. So I talked about this last time with Face Fetters and... um, what was the green one? Uh, what's the green one called? I forget. The face Fetters and uh, Fist of Ironwood. Is that right? Um, which was... Or- There's a cycle of auras that all have an enter the battlefield effect that then are auras. Uh, most of them, uh, the face Fetters was kind of the exception, have a, a pretty small effect they grant you as an enchantment. But, as, as example here, drawing two cards is worth most of the mana. So when you can do that, you're able to get it. Okay, um, so, and the neat thing about this was there's a lot of ways to play around with auras, um, and so the fact that you can use this to draw cards, that if you can, you know, um, for example, just using flicker form, if you flicker form an enchanted creature that has Flight of Fantasy on it, when it comes back in, it re-triggers the auras enter the battlefield effect, and so it allows you to draw cards, so like flicker form and Flight of Fantasy together were a combo, for example. Next, Galactic Arc, another one in the cycle. This is the red one. So it's two and a red for an, ench- an aura, enchantment aura. Uh, enchanted creature has first strike, and when it enters the battlefield, it does three damage to a creature or player. It does uh, what we refer to as a bolt. Uh, it does three damage. Um, and so the idea here is I can use this, I can kill something, uh, and then my creature gets um, first strike, which is not meaningless, but normally you would not play an enchantment that gives your creature first strike. That's usually not good enough to play. Um, but we added these enter the battlefield effect to try to give extra value to try to play the auras. So uh, Galactic Arc is another good combo with flicker form. Okay, next, uh, Gather Courage. It's an instant for a single green mana. Uh, it's got Convoke, and target creature gets plus two, plus two to end of turn. So this is a good example of how you can use a mechanic and use it in different ways. So part of what Convoke does is it's about you know, reducing cost because you tap creatures. And a lot of times what that means is I get bigger things out quicker. Uh, this card does something a little bit different, which is um, if I, as long as I have an untapped creature, an untapped green creature, 
Um, I can cast this without needing to have untapped mana. So in Magic, normally when you're tapped out, normally you can't cast spells. I mean, there's obviously some exceptions, historically speaking, but normally you can't cast spells. And so this is using Convoke more like a free spell than necessarily, uh, you know, a lot of Convoke was more about, oh, it's an expensive spell you're getting out cheaper. This is more about, oh, I can get it out without necessarily needing any mana up, any land up, and that all I need is to have a green creature up. And so in this environment, if your opponent, you're playing a green mage, and they have a single green creature untapped, you have to assume that they might, and they have cards in their hand, you have to assume the possibility that they could have this card, that they could have Gather Courage. Um, and it's a neat way to show how you can use a mechanic and do something a little bit different with it, you know, and that how this sort of plays out shows that, you know, Convoke can do a bunch of different kinds of things. Um, and this is, like, I talked about Octothon, Octothon Worm, Octothon them. Hard to say that word. Uh, that was the um, you know giant nine fourteen cost thirteen mana convoke card. This is the opposite end of the spectrum. This is a one drop, a one cost. Um, but it even shows that convoke can matter at thirteen mana. It can matter at one mana. So it, it's a very interesting mechanic. I like it a lot. Next, gaze of the gorgon. So this is a hybrid spell. So it costs three generic mana and then either black or green mana because it's hybrid. It's an instant. Uh, you regenerate target creature. Uh, and then at the end of turn, you destroy all creatures blocking or blocked by it. So if you remember, um, one of the things that's interesting when you go back and look at things is you kind of, a little peek into history. For example, this regenerates. We don't regenerate anymore. We now just make things indestructible at the end of turn. We don't actually use regenerate. Um, for those that don't know regenerate, regenerate means that you tap the creature and remove all uh, damage from it, essentially, meaning instead of it going to the, instead of it being killed, um, it prevents uh, damage effects, and, and um, you basically, instead of going to the graveyard, you, you leave it in play, but you tap it, and you remove it from combat if it's in combat. Um, and we don't, Death Touch wasn't a thing yet. Death Touch doesn't show up till Future Sight teases at it, and then it basically shows up shortly after that. Um, and so this modern day, like, it's funny, this card, in a modern day card, would be target creature um, gains... Uh, Target creature gains death touch and indestructible till end of turn is how this card would be modern day. Um, but back then, and, and this is one of the reasons why stuff like death touch was so important, every time we did that effect, we didn't quite do it the same. Like this has a trigger that at end of turn and destroys it. Uh, other times, it would be combat-based. You know, that, what we found was when we went back and looked at all we used to call the basilisk ability before it was called death touch, we did it in a lot of different ways. And one of the good things about keywording something is you start sort of getting, okay, here's how we're going to do it. And then all the cards that do similar things work in the same way. It's one of the values of having keywords. Um, and notice in black and green, uh, black and green both have regenerate and black and green both have um, death touch-like abilities. So this was trying to find a space between black and green. Also, it's a neat combat. It's a neat um, combat trick. Black does not have tons of combat tricks. In fact, we like this combat trick so much, you're seeing this a lot in black. A lot of, uh, I gain either lifelink or I gain death touch, and then you, you um, now you gain indestructibility to return. That, that's something you're, we're doing a lot more in black. Okay, next, Glare of Subduel. Two green, white, it's an enchantment. Uh, you tap an untapped creature you control to tap target artifact or creature. Um, so if you guys remember when I talked uh, during Urza's Destiny, I talked about the card Opposition. Uh, this is a fixed opposition. That's really what this card is. So what Opposition was, is opposition, opposition said 
Uh, you could tap a creature you control to tap any permanent of your opponents, I believe. Um, maybe it spells out the permanents at the time rather than just said permanent, but it allows you to tap land, and that proved problematic. That a lot of the ways opposition got used is I get a bunch of creatures and then I, I prevent you from having mana every turn. Um, and that really it has locked you out. And that's not particularly fun. So what we said is we liked the idea of using creatures as a means of control. But hey, wouldn't it be neat to put it in Selesnia, the, the creature-based guild? And then we're only going to tap artifacts or creatures. Um, now, why is this green-white? The, the answer sort of is white is the color that can tap things. So white clearly can tap creatures. Um, doesn't normally tap artifacts, but white in theory could tap artifacts. Um, and then... Uh, the sort of using the creatures as the resource is a little bit more green. Um, this is definitely one of those things where it, sometimes what we do is we try to combine a green ability and a white ability to make a green-white card. Sometimes we make an ability we're like, well, kind of in its whole, in its entirety, it kind of feels green-white. That this felt very Selesnian to us. Um, it's not always about can you just do it in monocolor. Sometimes it's about, ooh, does it have the, the feel we want? And, hey, if you want to play this, we want you to kind of be in green and white. So that's why this is a green-white card. Next, Glean Crawler. Okay, so Glean Crawler um, is a uh, and also a um, hybrid card. Three, and then this is black or green, black or green, black or green. So six mana, three generic, and three hybrid black or green. Uh, it's an insect whore, six six. It has trample, and then it says at the beginning of the end step. Um, at the beginning of the end step, return creature cards in your graveyard to your hand. Um, that oh, that went to the went to the, the went to the no, 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 sorry. At the end of turn, you return creature cards to your hand if they went to the graveyard from the battlefield this turn. So with Glean Crawler in play, things that die don't stay dead. Um, so if I can get a Glean Crawler out, then whenever you kill my things, assuming you don't exile them or put them back in my hand or my library. And if they go to the graveyard, if they die, then they come back. And so it makes it really hard to deal. Um, and one of the cool things is that um, both black and green can get things back from the graveyard. Um, and so we were playing around in sort of space, once again, trying to overlap for hybrid. Um, usually black is the one that just reanimates things, although green is creatures that naturally come out of the graveyard. Um, though black-green... Uh, Golgari, in general, has this idea of recycling, that it really sees life and death as just one big circle, and that the graveyard is just a, a means to, to recycle things. So it, this felt very Golgari to us, is why we made it a hybrid card. Um, the reason it's hybrid and not multicolor is we could cleanly do the ability in both colors, we felt, so we made it hybrid. Also, um, we, we did a vertical cycle of hybrid, so we were trying to find something splashy we could do. This is the rare, the Golgari rare hybrid. Okay, next, Glimpse the Unthinkable. Blue and black, so two mana, one blue, one black. Sorcery. Target player uh, takes, the, uh, takes the top ten cards of their library and puts it into the graveyard. It, they mill for ten. Um, this was, I believe, either the number one or number two top-rated card. Um, this was a highly, highly rated card. Um, and what we found is that there's a... There's, milling is one of these effects that there's a huge discrepancy. Um... Things that repeatedly mill can win you the game, but things that one-shot mill without combinations can't. Uh, and this is the kind of card what we've discovered is players really like mill effects, especially less experienced players, because it's exciting. You know, if I mill you and I get your dragon, I've gotten your dragon, your dragon is dead. Um, 
And I think more experienced players sort of understand from a, a pure game theory standpoint, you know, that, that dragon could have just been in the bottom of a library. That the fact that you're removing 10 cards, on some level, removing the top 10 from the bottom 10 doesn't mean a lot of difference. Without, unless there's some shenanigans on top of the library, which happens a little bit, usually it doesn't matter too much. So, like, the idea that you've milled their important thing, you know, statistically speaking, isn't quite as important. But... Um, viscerally, it is important. When I mill you and, you know, the next card was going to be your powerful card and I mill it, I feel good. You don't get that card and I got rid of it. So this is one of those cards that, like, strategically isn't quite as valuable as people think, but it's a lot of fun and it's splashy and it's popular. Um, it's one of the reasons we do a lot of mill effects in general is that um, a lot of players really like mill effects, you know, and that milling isn't always, you know, I mean, they're limited where milling matters and everyone's in a blue moon, there's constructed where it matters, but... Uh, Milling is more of a fun effect that we make because there's a lot of players that like the effect. Okay, Golgari Germination. One black green enchantment. Non-token creatures you control... Oh, when a non-token creature... When a non-token creature you control dies, you put a 1-1 green sapling token into play. So the green sapling tokens are all the simple 1-1 tokens. Um, A lot of what we played around with in set in green in general was uh, a lot of token making because Golgari likes it because they want to sort of uh, recycle things and they like to sacrifice things. Uh, and Celestia likes it because they're trying to grow in numbers and overwhelm you. Um, so this was obviously this black-green, so this was made more directly for uh, Golgari. Um, notice one of the tricks we do when we, whenever we um, have things die into tokens, we usually we do one of two tricks. Either we say non-token or we say non-whatever the token is. So this card could have been non-tokens or could have been non-saprolings. Uh, we want non-tokens. Nowadays, I think we're more likely to say non-saprolings than non-tokens. Um, just because saprolings have some flavor meaning where tokens... I mean, it has meaning within the game, but it has less flavor meaning. Okay, next. Golgari Grave Troll. Four and a green. It's a troll skeleton. It's a 0-0, zero, zero, but it enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature in your graveyard. And then one, remove a plus one, plus one counter from it to regenerate it. Dredge six. Okay, so dredge. So we spent a lot of time trying to find the Golgari mechanic. And I, I'm not exaggerating. I think we looked at like 40 mechanics. We tried out a whole bunch of mechanics. It was the last thing we found. Um, and in fact, the, what we turned over from design... Um, so the way dredge works is dredge six means um, if I want to... I can draw this card instead of... You know, whenever I'm going to draw a card, I can instead invoke Dredge. Instead of drawing a random card from the top of my library, I can draw my Dredge card. But if I do that, I then have to mill, take the top end cards of my library, six in this case, and put it into my graveyard. So let's say I want to get the troll. Okay, well, in order to get the troll, I have to, I can choose to draw it. And then if I choose to draw it instead of the card I would normally draw, I take the top six cards of my library and put it in my graveyard. The idea is eventually you can mill yourself out, so you have to be careful how many times you use it. But, as an example of this card, um, this card gets more powerful the more creatures you have in your graveyard. So you having to mill is not really a downside. I mean, it can eventually become a downside, but most of the time it's a pure upside. In fact, having large dredge numbers usually is really good for you. Um, in design, before we handed over development, we didn't have the milling component. For us, is uh, dredge card said, if you want to draw this, you can draw it um, instead of drawing a card, but we just costed it weaker. So it's like, oh, it's a weaker card, but, you know, it has utility-based. Like, you know, imagine, I don't remember exactly what it was, but, you know, uh, a 3-3 for 
I don't know, four or five mana, um, maybe five mana. And the idea is, okay, five mana for three, three isn't particularly good, but if you really need a three, three mana and a three, three creature late in the game and, you know, you have the mana to cast it, like, okay, well, maybe rather than draw a random card, I'll draw the three, three creature I know I can use. Um, this card actually ended up being very good. I think the Dredge 6 was a big part of it. Um, Dredge is a very popular, in older formats that can play the Dredge cards, um, is very popular. It really is an out-of-the-box deck because a lot of dredging isn't even about drawing cards. It's about sort of, you know, getting things in your graveyard, manipulating your graveyard and stuff. And so, um, I, I know it's a, it's a popular deck. It's a popular, uh, deck and mechanic. Uh, it's a bit powerful. Uh, I, I've said that I, I think I put dredge at, uh, I think I put it at nine on the, uh, the storm scale. Um, but anyway, this was a really popular card. It was a strong card and, um, it, it did some neat things. The other cool thing about this card that I like from a design standpoint is um, when you bring it back, it has different meaning because it cares about the state of the graveyard. So let's say I get this out early and it's not particularly big and it dies. Maybe later when I get it out in, in the mid to late game, it can be pretty big because by that point, I have a lot more creatures. Okay, next, Golgari Guild Mage. So all the Guild Mages cost two hybrid mana. So this is black or green, black or green because it's, uh, it's Golgari. Uh, it's a 2-2. This is an Elf Shaman. So one of the things we did, by the way, is um, all of them have uh, races that match the uh, guild they're in. And in the classes, um, I think some of them are wizard and some of them are shaman and some of them are druids, depending on what guild they're in. That We have a bunch of different uh, classes that are magic users, and so I think we mixed up the magic users a bit. Okay, so um, uh, for four and a black and sack a creature, return a creature card from graveyard to hand. So I can spend five mana, one which is black, sack a creature, and then take a creature in my graveyard and put it back in my hand. And then for four and a green, I can put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So this allows me to sort of recycle my things or build my things up. Both things that um, the, uh, the Golgari like to do. So like, I was really, really happy with how the guild mages came out. They all were pretty good. They're really good and limited. A few of them were good and constructed. And they really sort of gave you options and choices for things that did what the, what the guild wanted to do. But they were general enough that if, even if you were playing them in with one of the two colors, like let's say this card was in a green deck, they didn't have black, the green ability, you know, GG for a 2-2, for 4G, put a plus one plus one counter, in limited, yeah, you probably put it anyway. I mean, it's better if you're playing black and green, but we designed them such that, hey, you'd still consider playing them if you were just playing one of the two colors. Okay, Golgari Rotworm, three black green for a zombie worm, five four. Uh, black, sack a creature, target player loses one life. Um, so one of the things we wanted in Golgari was a bunch of sack outlets. Um, like I said, where um, Celestia builds up and eventually overwhelms you, black kind of uses his creatures as resources and sacrifice is a big part of it. Plus, it has a lot of ways to get back creatures. So one of the things that Golgari likes to do is sacrifice creatures, get things in the graveyard, and then bring things back. Uh, one of the ways to do that I just showed you was with uh, Golgari um, Guild Mage. Uh, the other thing about this card is it was a good finisher. That it's sort of like, I need to get you low, and then if I get you low enough, I can start plinking you by just throwing my random creatures at you. And so, with this card in play, it's kind of like, okay, you know, once I get you to the point where your life is lower than my number of creatures, you know, I can, I, I can take you out. And so, you know, you have to be very careful when playing, when, when this creature is in play. Next, Greater Moss Dog. It's three and a green. Uh, it's a 3-3 three, three creature, Plant Hound for 3-3, three, three, Dredge 3. So I think the very first Dredge card we ever made was this card. 
Although, once again, remember, dredge and design didn't have the, the milling part of it. Um, the, the, uh, uh, Brian um, Schneider, who was the head developer of, um, of Ravnica, added, added that in. His, he, his and his development team added that in, which I, I, I thought was cool and flavorful. Ironically, I think it ended up making the car, the mechanic, a bit stronger. Maybe too strong, but uh, it was cool synergy. I, I did like that, and it was flavorful for the Kogari. Um, but anyway, the, the 3 3 I think, was the first dredge card we ever made. Uh, I think it cost 5. I think it was 4G3-3. Might have been 6, 5G3-3. Um, okay, next. Grozoth. 6 blue, blue, blue. So 9 mana, 3 of which is blue. Leviathan, 9-9. Nine, nine, Defender. When it enters the battlefield, you get search your library for any number of cards with a converted mana cost of 9. For 4 mana, this loses Defender to end of turn. And it has Transmute uh, 1 blue, blue. Remember, Transmute always costs 3 mana. This is a mono blue card. It's always 1... Uh, one generic, two colored. So in the monocolor card, it's one blue-blue. Um, anyway, this was a goofy card. Um, I mean, the, the idea of, you know, it's a nine drop that gets you nine drops. Um, I know some people built some fun decks with this. It, it never was really a competitive card, but it was a goofy fun card. Uh, and Magic gets to have goofy fun cards. We like cards that make you go, ooh, what, what can I do with this? You know, I can I can get a whole bunch of nine drops. What do I do, what do, I do with a whole bunch of nine drops? Um, and so, anyway, this, I think this was a fun card. I, I kind of like... Um, one of the things you want is you want to mix up your design so there's a lot of different kind of cards for a lot of different kind of players. And, and this is a good card where there's a certain style of player that get really excited by this card and others would yawn. But um, the other neat thing about it is we gave it Transmute because sometimes you'll be in a position where it's not quite what you need yet because it's a 9-drop. So it's the kind of card, well, I, I, have a build, I could build a deck to use it, but hey, you know... Um, oh, 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 I'm sorry. The reason this says transmute is um, uh, because you have to play nine drops in your deck to make this work, you have nine drops. And so this allows you to exchange for things that have nine drop. And one of the tricks about it is there are ways to have nine drops that secretly aren't really nine drops. Um, from Ravnica, for example, there's Convoke. There's, there were probably one or two nine mana Convoke creatures. Um, but there's other things that quote-unquote cost something, but all, often have alternative costs or have weight cost reductions, and so there are things that cost nine that really don't, and so you also can use this to exchange for something that costs nine that you can sneak out a little easier if you don't yet have nine mana. Okay, Guardian of the V2 Ghazi. Uh, six, green-white. It's an elemental 4-7. It's got Convoke and Vigilance. Um, I just like pointing out there's a lot of neat things with Convoke, just like we had a flyer talking about last time. This is another kind of neat creature, 4-7 Vigilance, you know, um, and it's the kind of thing where Using Convoke, it just allows us to sort of build up faster. And that one of the strategies we built into the um, um, Celestia was they don't beat you fast. They really have to build up. And so a lot of their, their beginning to medium game is just building things up. And they spend whole turns doing things like just getting this creature up fast. But the nice thing about getting a 4-7 Vigilance out is it both can protect you and it can start nibbling away at your opponent. Okay, next, Halcyon Glaze. One blue-blue enchantment. Whenever you cast a creature spell, it becomes a 4-4 uh, uh, fl um, flyer, illusion, illusion flyer until end of turn. So the idea is, it sits there. basically it's a 4-4 flyer that only turns on when you cast a creature spell. Um, and so it's just playing in different space. Um, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure I made this card. It was there to fill a, a, a void. Um, I know we tried to build some stuff that went nicely in blue-red, 
since uh, blue and red each only had one guild to draft, so we gave you some tools to be able to draft the blue-red deck. Um, I know blue-red had a lot more, had some spell-oriented stuff. Um, not quite sure. I don't know. I, I like the spell because it's neat, and I, I like spells that make you sort of go, okay, well, what kind of deck does this want to play? Um, and it's neat in that, you know, if you're playing a heavy creature deck, for all intents and purposes, one blue-blue for a 4-4 four, four flyer is pretty good. And so if you're playing a deck in which you're planning to play a lot of creatures, you know, you, you, this is just a, a good savings. Helldozer. Three black, black, black. So six mana, three generic, three black. Zombie Giant, 5-4. For black, 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 tap, destroy target land. Uh, and, if, and if it's a non-basic land, you can untap card name. So it has interesting flavor text. So flavor text says, sometimes you go to hell, and sometimes hell comes to you. Um... I have two pieces of flavor text that I wrote for this set. Hell, uh, Helldozer is one of them. And I wrote it really tongue-in-cheek. Um, I wasn't... Um, Mac Havada was doing the flavor text at the time. And I think he said something about having trouble with the flavor text of this card or something. And so I wrote him a piece of flavor text, not super seriously, kind of tongue-in-cheek. Um, and Matt liked it and he put it in. And uh, this ended up being the second most popular flavor text in Ravnica. Uh, in our Godbook study. So, um, anyway, I, I got a kick out of that. Ooh, what was the most popular flavor text? I'll tell you. Hex, four black, black sorcery. So six mana, two which is black. Destroy six target creatures. And what that means is not up to six, six. You have to draw, destroy exactly six. So if, you have to, if your opponent only has four creatures in play, maybe you got to destroy two of yours if you want to use it. Uh, if there's not even six creatures in play, you can't cast it. It needs six targets. Um, and the flavor text was, when killing five just isn't enough. Uh, and I wrote this because I thought it was really neat that Hex would have only six words in the flavor text, because it's all about six. Um, so anyway, uh, I ended up writing that. Matt used that too. That was the number one. So this is a feat I will never repeat ever again in my life. I wrote two pieces of flavor text for the, this. And in the Godbook study, the number one and number two piece of flavor text for my flavor text. So I... Uh, not a feat that's easily replicated. Um, and both of them were definitely... I, was, I wasn't I was one of the writers. I just... Both of them were... I got inspired just to say, Hey, Matt. And I, I was trying to make Matt laugh. Um, I think Hex was a more serious attempt at flavor text than Helldozer. I think Helldozer, I was really just trying to go over the top. Um, but anyway, I, was, I don't know. I guess I'm... I mean, I, I don't do a lot of flavor text writing these days. But uh, I'm, I'm proud that... Uh, that you know, when I when I go back and look, when I when I try my hand at it, my my, my writer self still got some of it. Okay, next hour of reckoning for www. So four white 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 seven mana four generic three white sorcery convoke destroy all non-token creatures. Um. Uh, and I think uh, this was. Oh no no no. Okay, so th- this was just another convoke card. Um, the cutesy thing about this thing was. If you have a lot of token creatures, if you're playing Selesnya and you built up a token army, this allows you to use all those creatures that you've made to cheaply wipe the board. Um, note, by the way, it's four white mana, and most of the tokens are green. They're sapperlings. So we did do that to make sure that you, you had to play some white mana. But it allows you to sort of build up a token army and then wipe out everything else and then be able to attack your token army. Hunted Dragon, three red, red dragon, six, six, flying in haste. And when it enters the battlefield, the opponent gets three 2-2 white knights with, um, white knight tokens with first strike. 
So this was a cycle Richard Garfield made. Richard was on the design team. We called it the Hunted Cycle. And the idea was you, you got a creature, but then as sort of the downside, you, know, you got a very efficient creature for your cost. And as a downside, your opponent then got some creatures that you gave them. So for example, you get six power of dragon, they get six power of knights. Um, this one was a little harsher because they couldn't block your dragon. Um, in retrospect, I wonder if this was supposed to like have reach or something so they, the knights can interact with the dragon. Um, but anyway, the hunted cards were popular. They, they were, um, I don't think any of the hunted cards were really tournament viable, um, but you saw them in limited and they definitely were fun. People liked them. They, they were, it was very flavorful. Um, I pulled this one out as a sample and that this in some ways was the most flavorful to me. It's like, I get a dragon, but you get some knights. Um, and then, so the, there was a, what was it? Hunted dragon, hunted whore, hunted lamasu, hunted phantasm, and hunted troll. The phantasm was white, the lamasu was red, the horror was black, the dragon was red, the troll was green. Last gasp, one black instant. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. Um, this card for a while was called um, Black uh, Black Bolt was the name of it. Which is funny, by the way, if you happen to know Marvel, Black Bolt's a character from Marvel. Uh, King of the Humans. Um, but anyway, originally it cost black, a single black. We called it Black Bolt. And the idea was, you know... It was Black's version of Lightning Bolt. It couldn't make the person. It couldn't hit the player, but it could essentially kill a three-power creature. Um, development decided that was a little too good and changed it to one bleed. So, Life from Valoam. So this costs one greed to sorcery. Return up to three land lands from your graveyard to your hand. Turn up from three land cards from your graveyard to your hand, and then dredge three. So this was another tournament-powered dredge card. Um, it really does a lot to. One of the things is you need a lot of resources in Golgari and cards, there's ways to make use of cards and it doesn't matter what the cards are. So what this card does is it does, it, it's a really good way of sort of drawing more cards. Now I get there are lands, but there's ways to make use of cards regardless of what the cards are. Um, and because this dredges and puts cards in the graveyard, it helps fill up and in increase your chance of getting the lands you need to get back. Um, and so it is... Um, it, it is definitely a very powerful card because it allows you to gain uh, card advantage in the strictest sense of the word of going up in cards. Lightning Helix costs red-white, so two mana, one red, one white, instant, deal three damage to target creature or player and gain three life. So the fun thing about this card is that uh, apparently when red and white get together, they get to do what mono black does. So this is a drain. We do drain, we drain life in black all the time. And black always does damage and then gains life. But the fun part here is we're taking the damage dealing of red and we're taking the life gain of white. Each things that are super iconic in their color. And by sticking them together, we get something that you see in another mono color in black. Um, so it's kind of funny if I say I want to drain life, what color is it in? It's either a mono black or it's in red white. And there's a few examples of that, but that's one of the most famous examples of an ability that sort of shows up in monocolors in one place, but in a different multicolor combination somewhere else. Okay, locks it on Gatekeeper. Two white-white. Uh, it's an elfin soldier, two-three elfin soldier, and all the opponent's creatures and lands enter tapped. Uh, so there's a famous card from Legends called Kismet, which did exactly this as an enchantment. Locks it on Gatekeeper is just kind of bringing Kismet back, but making it a little more useful by putting it directly onto a creature. Um, white is the rule setting color, so white often gets to set rules. Uh, in the early days, we did a lot of the rule setting on enchantments. Um, we've definitely started doing more so on white just because for tournament reasons. 
it, it helps make it easier to play if it's sitting on a creature rather than on an enchantment. Loxodon Hierarch. Two green and white for an elephant cleric. Uh, it's 4-4. Uh, four, four. When it enters the battlefield, you gain four life. And then for a green and white mana and sacrifice this creature, uh, you can regenerate each creature you control. So the idea is it's a 4-4. Four, four. It's pretty powerful. I gain four life. That's good. And then it can save all my creatures if something happens to destroy all my creatures. Um, like, say, the Destroy All Creatures spell I just talked about a, a short time ago. Um, although this can be used in combination with that, where I destroy all my opponent's creatures, all non-token creatures, and then I regenerate all my non-token creatures. Um, this card was very powerful. It saw um, tournament play. Four mana for a 4-4 four, four that has some good upside abilities is, is definitely worth playing. Next, Lurking Informant. Uh, this is a hybrid card, so one and blue or black. It's a human rogue, one, two. For a two and tap, you can look at the top card of target player's library, and you may put that into the graveyard. Um, so the card does a bunch of different things. One is, it's blue or, it's in Demir color, so you can use it to mill your opponent. Uh, also, you can use it as a means by which to remove things you don't want them to have. So I can look at the top of the library, and let's say... Um, it's late game and it's a land, I could leave it there, but if it's a spell that'd be very valuable to them, you know, I can mill it away. So this doubles as a mill card and also as a way to sort of adjust what your opponent's going to do. Um, you can, though, turn it on yourself. There's a bunch of different ways uh, in Mono Black and Golgari um, to mess around with the graveyard. So maybe what you want to do with this card is mill your own stuff. Um, ironically, Blue in Innistrad also has a mill your own stuff strategy. So if you're mixing cards, um, this card actually interacts with some cool stuff in blue in Innistrad, although that is many years away from, uh, from when this set came out. Okay, Mind Leech Mass. Five blue, black, black. Uh, it's a 6-6 six, six horror. It's got trample. And whenever you deal combat damage to an opponent, uh, you get to cast a non-creature card out of, the, out of their hand for free. So what happens is every time I, hit, I, I uh, deal damage to them, I deal creature... Uh, combat damage, I'm allowed to look at their hand and then cast a non-creature spell out of it. Um, and so, uh, and this has trample and it, it's big, right? It's a uh, 6-6. Six, six. So it's kind of hard to stop this. And if I do, do just one point of trample damage, I get to cast a spell out of your hand. Now, one of the big ways of dealing with this is just don't keep non-creature spells in your hand. You know, try to cast them if you know this thing's coming out against you. Um, but anyway, it, it, it like I said, one of the things we like about blue-black is a lot of sort of... Blue-black very has a lot of violating. I mess with you. I, I'm taking your stuff and using your stuff, and I'm, uh, it has a nice sort of uh, demeanor feel to it. Okay, Molten Sentry. So this card, if you listened to my... either read my article or listened to my... Uh, online, my uh, speech I gave at GDC last year, I use this card as an example. But get, just in case you didn't, uh, it costs three and a red. It's an elemental, star-star... When it enters the battlefield, we flip a coin, uh, and it, it comes into play in, as one of two things. Either it's a 5-2 creature with haste, or it's a 2-5 creature with defender. Uh, and the idea being, oh, well, each of these can be very valuable. Sometimes a 5-2 haste will be valuable. Sometimes a 2-5 defender will be valuable. Here's the problem. This is what I talked about in my, in my uh, speech. Um, uh, spikes uh, like having choices in which there's interesting choices to have. Spike enjoys the idea that... Uh, you know, that I can sort of look at something and go, oh, well, A is an interesting choice, B is an interesting choice. When do I want to use A? When do I want to use B? Um, Timmy's and Tammy's of the world like exciting things to happen. They, they tend to like coins. I mean, not all of them, but 
Um, there's a subset that really enjoy coin flipping because like, oh, something's going to happen. What's going to happen? I don't know. And the problem is what Spike wants out of his modal cards is two interesting modal choices so he can, he or she can use, or they can use their skill to figure out what the right mode is. Um, so a coin flip card doesn't make them happy because it takes the choice out of, uh, out of their control. Meanwhile, Timmy and Tammy, okay, coin flip sounds fun, but it, what they want is some, some big vector, some big, you know, like, okay, you know, I can get some amazing thing or maybe not an amazing thing. And, oh, I want the amazing thing, you know, that the more variance, the more excitement there is to the coin flip. Um, and so having two things that are both like, ah, it's probably worth it, you know, it is not quite as exciting. Um, so what we did is we made a card in which one part of it was kind of optimized for Spike and one card was optimized for Timmy and Tammy. But what happened in the end was it had elements that made Spike not like it and elements made Timmy and Tammy not like it. And so the card never really hit perfect, uh, spe- never hit specifically well with any one person because it didn't, it, it sort of split its focus and by splitting its focus, it ended up being for no one rather than somebody. Okay, Mortipede. Mortipede costs three and a black. It's an insect, 4-1 insect. Uh, and then two and a green activation. All creatures able to must block it. Um, so we did a cycle of creatures where it was a monocolored creature that had an activation um, in its guild affiliation. Um, and I think what we did is we did one one way around and another another way around. Like one at common and one at uncommon, I think. So the idea is if this is a mono black that splashes into green... Um, that the, there's two obviously each guild is two colors so uh, at common there was a uh, one of the colors with activation of the second color and then at uncommon was the second color is the main color with an activation of the first color um, and one of the things we try to do is try to create a body that, that felt you know um, black over the years since then just started to get a little more toughness but 5-1 was a very or 4-1 was a very black thing and then used the green ability and um the, what we call the lure ability, everybody must block me. Um, the fact that this has a one toughness means that it lets you get through one turn, because one of the neat things about a lure is everybody else I attack with can get through if I have a lure. Um, but this creature is going to die, and with four power, it's probably going to take a few things out with it when it dies, because your opponent has to block with everything, and okay, now you do four damage to all your creatures that can block. Okay, next, muddle the mixture, blue, blue instant, counter target instant or sorcery, Transmute one UU. So basically, uh, when Magic first premiered in Alpha, we had a counter spell, which is blue blue counter target spell. Uh, this is trying to be a limited counter spell. It's actually blue blue, but it only counters an instant or sorcerer, because obviously we moved to cancel one blue blue from um, counter spell. Counter spell is too strong. So this source says, hey, you like counter spell? Well, you can play counter spell. We even give you a transmute on it. It's a transmutable counter spell, but we restrict you. So it's not countering everything, it's countering a subset. Um, and the fact that it's transmute is if you get against a deck that really feels like it's not that useful, it's a, you know, I'm playing against a very aggro weenie deck and I'm like, oh, this just isn't helping me, you can transmute it away to get something else. Okay, the final card for today, Necroplasm. One black, black ooze, it's a 1-1. One, one. At beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And beginning of your end step, destroy all creatures whose converted mana costs are equal to the number of plus one, plus one counters on it. And it has dredge too. So the idea is, I play this. At the end of the first turn, nothing happens. I have no plus and plus and counters on it. Second turn, I put a plus and counter on it. Now it's a 2-2. Two, two. End of turn, I destroy all 1-1s. One, um, and so the thing about this card is, it only gets to be so big because it is a 3-drop. Um, it has a thir- So once it has 3 plus 1 plus counters on it, it's going to destroy itself. 
So the idea is, basically what happens is, I play it, on the second turn it destroys one drop creatures, third turn it destroys two drop creatures, fourth turn it destroys three drop creatures, which includes itself, and it goes to the graveyard. Um, it's got dredge, so anytime you want to sort of repeat that ability, you can dredge it back and then you can do that again. Um, but one of the cool things about this design-wise I like is that it has a limited sort of resource to it. Now, if you want to be tricky, um, remember before I talked about the spell where you could regenerate a creature? You can regenerate this. It's, it's a destruction effect. So if you regenerate through it, you can then keep it around and use it to get bigger things. Um, but anyway, this is, a, this is a, I like this design. It's, it's, a, it's a cute little design. But anyway, I'm now driving up to Rachel's school. So we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you next time with more Ravnica. Ciao, ciao, guys.